Nice to see you, Josh. Nice to see you guys. Granny, I'm gonna give you a little hug. I love you. Oh, I love you. And I love you. Love you too, Granny. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, it is. It is. It's a great blessing, isn't it? Yeah, we had uh, a lot of rain last night. Really? Yeah, it just, uh, sometime around uh, 9.30 or so, we had like one crackle of uh, thunder and uh, then all of a sudden the skies opened up Ooh. and it was probably a good uh, hour straight, maybe even longer than that. They just like, it just poured down. Wow. Mm -hmm. It was, That'd yeah, I, I, I was working last night while it was raining. <laughs> Were you? Just just the last hour or so, but yeah, it was. You, does part of your work Thank you. include the outside hunting? Oh, um, I, I, yeah, we, most of my job is out in the parking oh, lot, uh, bringing in, uh, bringing in shopping carts. So on that, that little stick thing that I just gave Mr. Chris is, um, a few, uh, albums worth of music. So amazing technology is that they can compress it all the way down into that little th tiny thing wow, now. Wow, isn't so, that something? So on there, Chris, is, um, the two... Uh, discs of that Bob Dylan tribute that we talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, the two um, Mermaid Session discs for uh, the Woody Guthrie covers by Wilco and Billy Bragg. And also the complete recordings of uh, Mike Nesmith and the First National Band, which is his uh, first four solo albums. Mm -hmm. um, uh, most, like a, a handful of them are songs that were recorded during the times that he was still with the Monkees. Uh, a couple of them actually are songs that did get recorded by the Monkees at, at one point or another. Uh, but all the rest of it is just stuff that uh, either he wrote uh, or he decided to cover at that time. And uh, uh, so, so inter interesting music and uh, interesting piece of history. So I thought you might get a kick out of it. It's very uh, southern, uh, you know, kind of country-ish. Right. Like it, it's, it's definitely, yeah. Folk uh, rock. Very, yeah, very uh, twangy. <laughs> twangy. But, well, uh, but yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. I think all that music sounds really good. So thank you, Josh, for sharing your... And and what an apt time. What a good time to bring out music. Because um, I was out here with Granny and Aunt Liz listening to the Beatles. I Woo! was playing some Beatles songs. <laughs> that's all... I, I always love the Beatles. And... Uh, well, that's wonderful that you love the Beatles, Josh, because I was hoping that would be our uh, main subject today. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's going he's to educate us on some Beatles stuff. Yay! Oh, I got my resources right here. Beautiful. <laughs> it happens to be a subject matter I have uh, some decent working knowledge on. And, I figured. Uh, I, figured I have uh, a couple of friends of mine who are extremely nerdy about the Beatles, and so I've <laughs> uh, got to spend uh, some time learning from them. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can cross-pollinate some of our... Uh, beetle knowledge here in this oh, beautiful sure. garden that, right. that Debbie has set up for us. I'm sure we will cross Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> uh, They'll sure be sorry that they missed us. Oh, I don't think they're sorry at all. They're out golfing, you know? Right. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry that Terry missed this. Yeah, yeah. Terry is not out golfing. She's not, <laughs> she's not out having fun, so. Yeah, she's stuck in the office. But, um, well, um, if we, if I could start things off, if that's all right. Oh, it always is. <laughs> so I did, last podcast, we discussed Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. And, and I said that I was going to be buying uh, Bob Dylan's new album. And I did, Rough and Rowdy Ways. 
And, uh, you know, it was an interesting album to listen to. I don't know if you guys remember me telling you, but there's one song in there called Murder Most Foul. Yep. And it is a song about uh, the John Kennedy assassination. Oh. But um, that song is 16 minutes long. <laughs> that, so That is a long time for a song, so. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, they obviously they had to divide the album to, into two discs. And it's almost the way they formatted it. They have one disc, which is an album, Rough and Rowdy Ways, uh, nine songs, and then one disc, which is almost like a single for Murder Most Foul. So, you know, it is kind of an interesting format. Nice to see uh, Bob Dylan, you know, kind of trying something new. Sure. Well, and nowadays with uh, people trying to still find relevance in uh, physical copies of music, it's, it's trickier, you know, because everybody's uh, releasing everything online including Bob Dylan, who uh, released a bunch of those songs uh, through the internet first. That's right, so. he did. Actually, I <laughs> I was a little embarrassed. He did release three songs before the album came out, and then the same day the album came out, he released uh, all the, the, the full ten that were on YouTube, and um, so he released the remaining seven you know, on the same day the album. And, I, and then I didn't know that when I went out and bought the CD, and I was like, could have just listened to the songs on YouTube, but it, it still is a nice thing to have for my collection, and nice that I can play a song for you guys if you'd like to hear. Sure. Would right. you like to hear a song? Oh, I right? would. Absolutely. Not the 15-minute one, though, no, right? No, All right. I wasn't. Gonna, and I'll just play a snippet for you, too. So this is my favorite song on the album. It's number four. It's called I've Made My Mind Up To... Or, I'm sorry, I've Made Up My Mind To Give Myself To You. Okay. Sounds like a good start. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Still loading. Oh, this technology. <laughs> I hope Mr. Wonderful is listening. I hope so too, yeah. I'd give that song to him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> a combination right. of Mr. Wonderful and Jesus, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so my so thoughtful. My CD player shorts out sometimes, so I brought an alternative backup. All right. My, my portable DVD player, which plays CDs. He has technology upon technology here. <laughs> well, let's just hope that the DVD player, uh, the battery is charged up enough. So... <laughs> Might not be so good technology upon bad technology. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Well, thank you guys for your patience. <laughs> As I like to say, if that's the worst thing happening to us in a day, we're doing all right. Right, that's absolutely. Right. Happy campers. I have a remote, too. Well, well I really <laughs> appreciate what you two are doing today. Well, we're appreciating being able to do that with you. Oh, boy, oh, boy, I'm glad. Well, it sounds like this technology is working, so... It is working, but it's not very loud, so we might have... Why don't I... I'll bring the player closer to you guys. Okay. All right. You can probably just sit on the table next to the microphone there and... All right. You ready? Yeah.
Lost on my terms Lost in my stars Listening to the sounds of The sad guitars Been thinking it all over And I Thought it all through I've made up my mind To give myself to you I saw the first Fall of snow Alright, I think that's good <laughs> <laughs> So gives you an idea that he, he still is good at kind of writing the slower ballads and uh, he uh, his voice still sounds decent you know yeah absolutely uh, band sounds good mm-hmm. so. so yeah I think Bob Dylan he did a pretty good job with this new album I on a scale of positive neutral and negative I give this album neutral okay <laughs> well that's a glowing review right there now isn't it <laughs> I don't like to. I I, I want to be different. I, I don't do thumbs up or thumbs down or five stars or anything like that. I, I do. I want to stick with positive, neutral, negative. You know, make it easier. <laughs> I like to go with a on a scale of forty seven. <laughs> That's interesting. I like that. With forty seven making you want to punch a baby and, <laughs> and one <laughs> being the best, being okay. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting skill. I like when Josh. My favorite thing is how Josh will say uh, if someone says uh, my uh, if a list of five items, and Josh will say, well, "What was your number three? That's Josh too. He remembers those things. Right? Yes. Well, it, it's it's good little uh, trickery to get people to think outside of what they're uh, normally thinking. Oh, you know? I see. <laughs> so many people have uh, like a little loop or a recording of things in their head that they're going to say when they get into a conversation. And um, I always really enjoy trying to screw up that little loop that they have going on and see, see if we can uh, get into something original and interesting. Oh, something I had, see. Something they hadn't rehearsed for me, you know. Exactly. That sounds very apt for Josh. <laughs> Alright, so uh, so you are in a Beatles phase, apparently. That's right. I got all my materials here. So, uh, uh, let me ask first, what has... Uh, what is your personal experience with the Beatles through your life? Like, uh, is it something you grew up with a whole lot? Is it something that was just on the uh, the oldies? What do you got? You know, I can't really remember how it started. I think uh, I did grow up with it, especially in elementary schools. Uh, elementary school. I think mom and dad seemed to really like the Beatles. Um, and uh, so, you know, I'd hear the, I remember hearing Twist and Shout a lot growing up. Twist and Shout was a favorite one of mom and dad. And then uh, my dad used to sing uh, Hello, Goodbye. Um, he would, Actually, he would sing it to me and Randy in the bathtub. We, we, dad would take baths with me and Randy, and he would. He had me and Randy trained. So, uh, you say yes, yes. I say no, no. You know, it's... Oh, uh, fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Made, That's wonderful of him to do that. Oh yeah, that made the bath times all the more enjoyable. Right. 
So uh, yeah, who says rubber ducky is the only thing that makes uh, bath times lots of fun? Apparently, uh, hello goodbye is. <laughs> so yeah, I think just hearing mom and dad sing the songs and stuff was what made me become a Beatles fan. Did your parents get up and start dancing when Twist and Shout was playing? I don't think so. I think they would just sing and stuff. Okay. They would play it in the car. And would they embarrass you with their singing when they... Oh, no. No, I... Well, Mom, no. Mom would never embarrass any singer. Dad would only embarrass me if... He was a good singer. I liked when he sang Hello, Goodbye. He would only embarrass me when he would sing songs wrong. Not so much the Beatles, but Beach Boys songs. Because I was also a big Beach Boys fan, and he would, like, screw up the lyrics to Kokomo. So that, that used to Purposefully or on uh, accident? Probably more so on accident. Okay. But, uh, like, he would, like jump to different verses and stuff so um yeah i would get a little embarrassed and i would correct him i said no that those two verses don't go together and he said i'll sing it the way i want that's awesome yeah, it's funny. okay so so you and you did have him in your life as a kid that's um, correct yep so as you got older what is the first Beatles album that you personally purchased? It was Please Please Me, the first album. Oh, interesting. <laughs> on that, CD or cassette? On CD. Actually, um, yeah, that was the first one I had on CD, and then um, I think pretty much the only studio albums I've... Um, I Because I did had records, too. I He owns... Uh, all, well, all the American, they'd be American records, not so much British, but like, sure. uh, whichever one, I think Introducing the Beatles, so mm -hmm. the American version of Please Please Me, and then uh, Beatles 65, which would have been probably like Help, the American yep. version of Help, and then uh, he has the American version of Rubber Soul, which uh, it doesn't have Drive My Car, it doesn't have Nowhere Man, so it's missing out on a lot of the hits. Um, Sergeant Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band, which was the same in both the U.S. and the U.K. Yep. And then, I think I might be forgetting one. But anyway, so yeah, just um, those records I've listened to a lot um, as I've gotten older. And then um, Abbey Road I just bought recently. So, so yeah, I think the only two that I've really owned on CD are uh, Please Please Me and Abbey Road. Uh, the records, the vinyl records I bought myself were, I think, the uh, the Red Album, Greatest Hits Album, and the Blue Album, the Greatest Hits Album. Oh, from the, from the anthologies? Or was it, yeah. Well, it was before, I know what you're talking about, the anthology that came out oh, in the 90s. The, the singles. Well, yeah. yeah it's like the collection of singles. That, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I... Because Anthology, I know what you're talking about, that was like the TV series that came out in the 90s, and they did, like, the that would the CDs were like the rarities and stuff like that, and the, when um, Paul, George, and Ringo, when they reunited after John passed away, and they, they took two of John Lennon's songs, solo songs, and they added their vocals and music. Yeah, Free as a Bird mm -hmm. was one of them. I can't remember the other one. Yeah, Free as a Bird was the first one, and the second one was Real Love. That's right. Okay, yep. Okay. And uh, both are very nice songs. I thought that, even though it's kind of funny to think of, you know, taking John Lennon's work, you know, and stuff, uh, they, I don't think they did a bad job. I think the, the Living Beatles, you know, they, uh, they made both uh, Real Love and Free as a Bird sound very nice. 
Was George Martin around to do the production of that when they record those two? Do you know? He was he was around. He was still alive, and I I think he did produce. Okay. I, um, if it wasn't George Martin, it would have been his son Giles Martin, because yeah. I know Giles Martin. I think in those later years, like when they did the, the Beatles Love Circuit to Say, sure, yeah, he kind of Giles Martin was a little more involved than uh, George Martin was, but. Um, and then when they they made the the Beatles rock band video game, which I'll talk about that later, uh, he Giles Martin was heavily involved. So, uh, but yeah, I, we could we could Google that. I'm pretty sure yeah. George Martin probably he did have some part in the the two new stuff. We can fact check that later. But yeah, um, just as a point of reference from from me, um, I grew up not really listening to the Beatles. <laughs> Um, to me, because I hung out with Dad all the time, um, there were two things that Dad was very, very clear about that he didn't like musically. <laughs> he, did, he did not like, at that time, and it's only at that time, this is in the 80s when it was uh, not cool to like country music. Dad was very anti-country music at that time. <laughs> he would not listen to it, and it was because, like, I think people during the 80s really took this, this approach of, like, uh, anything country or southern was... Uh, kind of lowbrow, right? You know, yeah, and I think that came from everybody being a little burned out from the '70s of having hee-haw on every mm-hmm. night and whatever in Dukes of Hazard, and like it was just such an explosion of Southern things at that time. Right, it was a backlash, a divide. Yeah. But Dad did not like country music at that time, and he hated the oldie station. <laughs> and uh, so we would listen to the classic rock station, yeah, um, which essentially had a lot of the same songs. It just didn't have. Um, you know, some of the softer ballady stuff or whatever. Um, and it wouldn't have things like early Beatles stuff, like Twist and Shout. And right. Like, um, more than later. Yeah, the only stuff you'd really get on the classic rock station from the Beatles was either uh, Revolution or Come Together. But even that, you'd hear the uh, Aerosmith version, not their version. <laughs> um, Michael Jackson. But, you know, you'd never hear, like, Hey Jude or right. All You Need Is Love, whatever. It'd be the more hardcore Beatles song. Like, Hel- Helter Skelter is a good example. Yes. So my buddy Silsby, um, his parents are the biggest, most huge Beatles fans ever. They just love the Beatles. It's the greatest thing in the world at that time, you know. And um, I remember one particular day, I was probably about 10 years old, uh, and maybe 10, 11, uh, whenever the the Auburn Hills Chrysler uh, complex was originally opened, because mm-hmm. uh, Silsby's dad was an executive uh, engineer for Chrysler, and so he had uh, tickets to the grand opening event, and for whatever reason, they put me in the car with them to go up to Auburn Hills for the day to go see this grand opening of this new car complex and uh, the whatever... Uh, walk around and I think they all had wine and cheese and we had, you know, uh, cheese and we whined, you know. (laughs) Um, um, But anyway, so on the oldie station, because they listened to the oldie station, on the oldie station that weekend, on the way to Auburn Hills, it was Beatlemania uh, weekend. Mm -hmm. So every song was a Beatles song. And every single song that started, Mrs. Silsby would turn to the back seat and go, okay, kids, which Beatle is singing this one? <laughs> and then, like, Amy and, and Silsby would have to 
guess which beetle it was. And, you know, oh, it's John, this one. Oh, it's, it's Paul and John. Oh, it's George. Uh, you know, and, and so I think it must have been either Yellow Submarine or um, uh, Get By With A Little Help From My Friends came on because it, um, they felt that that would be a really dead giveaway. And so they, they wanted to throw me a softball, lob me a softball, because I didn't have a clue who any of They all sound the same to me. To this day, even though I'm a fan of the Beatles and I understand the Beatles real well, I have to think for a minute to differ, differentiate the voices of John, Paul, and George at times. Like, right. there's, there's times that they kind of blend together. Yes, sir. Uh, Ringo, easy. You know, yeah, well, at this time, you know, yeah. at this time, they thought it would be a softball to me to go, hey, who's singing this song? And I remember saying, all these people sound the exact same to me. I don't right. know. <laughs> and, and, and Mrs. Silsby's look of shock on her face, it, it was as if I had just told her that her dog was the ugliest dog that ever lived. You know, she's just like, <laughs> like sad, hurt, shocked. Like all of these emotions all flooded her face at the same time. And she just turned back around. She goes, okay then. <laughs> and I realized at that moment I had done something wrong, although I didn't know what it was. And so I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just don't know. Know this I, I don't know the Beatles and uh, so yeah uh, so from there on in anytime a song came on Scott uh, Silsby would uh, lean over to me and go George <laughs> <laughs> or, or he'd lean over and go John <laughs> and, and just so that I would have the answer for when uh, Mrs. Silsby would ask real thoughtful it was it, it was him, him sharing because as we all know sharing is caring uh, sharing uh, is caring That's so correct. so yeah so um in adulthood, I became a much bigger fan of the Beatles, mm -hmm. uh, probably starting when I was about 19, 20. And I will say, because I see you have it displayed over there because you own it, mm -hmm. Abbey Road is a Mount Rushmore album to me. That is one of the four most important albums in my lifetime, wow. without a doubt. I absolutely, um, I, could, I could spend a good five, six hours talking straight about that particular album and, and why it's important and what, what it means to me and, and everything. And, and the stories that go into the recording of it because I've studied a whole lot about that album. So mm -hmm. with that being said, I hand the, the ball back over to Mr. Chris. And uh, <laughs> so uh, tell us where this is all going. Well, I'd like to comment real quick and say how you mentioned about Scott Silsby that he can't, uh, or that, or I'm sorry, that the Mrs. Silsby would ask you which Beatles, which, I was the same way growing up, I had a hard time, and I still sometimes have to, like, Google real quick, is this John or Paul? Is it, especially in those early songs, mm -hmm. and uh, George, I think, George, my dad will always say that, um, I know that it's a solo George Harrison song, but whenever my dad would hear My Sweet, Sweet Lord yep. on the radio, he thought it was John Lennon. Like, he, he knew it was one of the Beatles, but he he really, he thought that George Harrison sounds a lot like John Lennon. And I agree with him. They, they kind of more nasally voice. And, um, and actually, um, I, Josh, I don't know if you've heard of the Facebook game Song Pop, but they have this playlist called... Um, was it, are you familiar with how Song Pop works? Song Pop is a, a game on Facebook, and it's a uh, where you guess songs, and you either the option will be either to guess the name of the song or the artist. So they, they it's four out of four choices, and uh, which of those four choices? So um, and the playlist that there's different playlists, different categories and stuff. One of them is 
all songs that were either produced or written by Phil Spector. Okay. And Phil Spector, he worked with, recorded with both John Lennon's solo and George Harrison's solo. And then actually also Phil Spector, he produced Let It Be, the, you know, the final Beatles album. But anyway, so this playlist has songs by both John Lennon and George Harrison as solo artists. And I sometimes they'll come on, they'll have the song pop will really try to trip people up and the, to, the choices will they'll be uh, either john lennon or george harrison and i'll start listening and be like oh, okay this sounds i think this is john click on john and no it's wrong it was george singing okay <laughs> so i totally i can totally relate to that story with mrs silsby and my and my dad also yeah and you probably get some of that with uh the Beach Boys too, because you're a fan of the Beach Boys, and because of how many harmonies they do and all that stuff, it's and that they do switch off the lead vocals sometimes. That it's probably a little tricky for some people to pick out which one's which. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Brian Wilson and Carl Wilson sound very much alike. Um, Al Jardine, not a lot of, because Mike Love. He's about ninety percent of the Beatles songs were done by Mike Love. But Beach Boys. I'm. I, that's. Yep. Yeah. I. I know. I just in my head. I. Um. Anyway, because I was thinking. Yep, what yep, I was yep, no say. worries. The Beach Boys. Um. The famous song by the Beach Boys is "Help Me, Rhonda," and a lot of people think that's Mike Love singing. And I thought that too growing up. No, it's not Mike Love. It's Al Jardine singing. Ah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they. Uh, but yeah, I agree totally with the Beach Boys. That's a similar thing. But um, so I'll show you the first book. Um, this one I think you guys will find real interesting. It's called "The Beatles: A Hard Day's Right," and so it's a pun on the name "A Hard Day's Night," one of the Beatles songs. But um, this is pretty much every song that were was written by the Beatles, and they have kind of a story behind the song, nice. how how they yep. were written, and you know the origins and stuff like that. And filled with great photographs in here. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, I can see from here the photo of John and uh, Yoko, Yoko that's together. That's right. Yeah. John and Yoko doing the peace sit-in in their bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Josh, would I, I? I'll hand this over to you, and you can flip through and give me some thoughts if you like. Sure. <laughs> All right. So where did you pick up this book? Barnes and Noble. Mm -hmm. Actually, I got that. It was six years ago. Um, you might, you probably remember the big blizzard that happened the winter of 2014. Well, mom was funny. I had, cause Aunt Kathy used to get, um, gift cards for me and Randy. She would usually, for Christmas, she would get for Randy a, a GameStop gift card and for me a Barnes and Noble gift card cause she knew I really liked music and, and movies and books. So mom, knowing I got the gift card, we had a big some big snow coming up and mom said oh chris you know you're probably going to have a snow day soon when you go to barnes and noble you should get a nice book and and she was just joking you know because she thought you know i'm probably more likely to get music or a movie but i kind of took as a joke back i did decide to get a book and <laughs> the beatles that, that really caught my eye being a big beatles fan wanting to know more about the uh the songwriting process when i love books like this that uh uh, not only have fun pictures of the people hanging yeah. out, uh, but also kind of give you um, quick reads. Mm -hmm. So if you decide, like, you know what, I, I really want to know about the song, uh, 
you know, yesterday. Mm-hmm. You just go flip through here, oh, and, you yeah. got a, and you got a two-page read about that song. And <laughs> yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. I, I'm 100% on board. That's with a beautiful it. book. Oh, look at this picture. That looks like uh, um, looks like Debbie when she was a little girl. Um, <laughs> I'll have to take a picture of this and put it in there. But it's a picture of one of the little girls uh, with an I Love Ringo button on, screaming and crying at a, at a show. And I, I always laugh because... Uh, Debbie uh, will tell stories about her going to concerts when she was that age, and you know she's right in that range uh, where she would have been at the young girl at the Beatles time and everything else. And I always think of Debbie just crying her eyes out in the right. front row, going ah, because I saw her do that at a Kevin Costner concert, and she was a grown woman at that point. So. <laughs> did, did Aunt Debbie go to a Beatles concert? I do not believe she went to a oh, Beatles oh, you're concert. Just saying that she was of that right age yeah. of that time frame. Uh, she may have gone Beatles. I can't remember for sure, but she's done like. Elton John mm-hmm. when he was real young. Uh, David Bowie is one of her favorites uh, that she went to a bunch of. And the the one that I'm always un- unbelievably jealous of her for is that in the early 70s, she went and saw Black Sabbath at the, <laughs> at the State Fairgrounds in Detroit. Oh. Uh, and, you know, so that to me is just amazing. Like, that I, is I wish I could have been there. You know, my dad saw Black Sabbath also. I'm not sure where he saw him but at Black Sabbath, but uh, yeah, that uh, I agree. That is an envious concert at <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne in the early days. Well, I may I may order this exact book for myself to have at home because I, oh. I do I do like it and oh. the the writing of it is pretty is decent. Oh, uh, I'll let you borrow it, Josh. I think well, you. I'm going to tell you I'm not going to borrow because I'm going to order this because <laughs> I don't think I would give this back to you. Uh, so uh-huh. I I'm gonna I don't trust myself and so I'm going to tell you right now that I will hand this back to you before it accidentally ends up in my uh, box. And uh, <laughs> well, I want to show you one last thing. This is the other thing I really like about this book it has a timeline so this is real nice for anybody who isn't a very experienced Beatles fan it will kind of give you the it tells you uh, the years um, the Beatles were born and Mm -hmm. you know their beginnings so you know when John and Paul first met and then uh, major milestones in the Beatles career and um, different things also about the the solo years and uh, you know I I mean the break when the breakup happened and some of the the follow-up so yeah it is uh definitely um i i think you would enjoy buying it josh i am i am ordering it right now (laughs) that's fast and i was gonna say that um or actually no i'm sorry it doesn't actually talk too much about the the after aftermath the follow-up after the breakup but I, um, they do have a good story in here, though, about uh, Amphology, the Beatle Amphology, and when nice. they recorded uh, Free as a Bird, and uh, um, what was the other one? Uh, Re- Real Love. And actually, if I could show you one last photograph, because I do like it. Hmm. Oh, here it is. So you're right, Josh. George Martin, he was involved in the Beatles Amphology okay. and uh free as a bird in real life because this is a photo of the when the beatles reunited ringo paul george george martin (laughs) it is a great picture that's a piece of history right there Mm -hmm. oh yeah and i thought it was kind of interesting i don't know if if they did this because i've never watched the full beatles anthology but i i don't know if they did this on purpose or by incident but all three of the beatles grew their hair out for the reunion so <laughs> that is it must fun taken a while probably they were probably thinning a little bit by those days you know oh yeah i think especially ringo ringo's the one that's kind of going bald you know yeah. <laughs>
So, okay, so you got that book a while ago at Barnes & Noble, and then I see you've got a uh, magazine as well. That's right. This was an Easter gift. It was in my Easter basket, um, probably around 2013, I'd say, so I would have been 17 or 16. It's just full of uh, some colorful photographs and uh, yeah. di- different uh, random stories about the albums. Well, My favorite. Br- beautiful gift. Oh, it was it was it. a very nice Easter gift. You're, you're Isn't that right. Wonderful. It is. Yeah. You're right, Granny. And then um, my favorite part. This uh, last page here. It's uh, really here about uh, Beatles galore and stuff. There. Oh, here it is. At the very bottom. I'll read this to you. Mary Lou Zahalen Kennedy poses next to the Penny Lane street sign in Liverpool, which is where the Beatles were from, Liverpool, after becoming the first person in the world to graduate with a master's degree in the Beatles. Oh, nice. So she actually took courses and classes to become a master's in the Beatles. (laughs) That's fascinating. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not surprising that there's a master's degree level of that uh, study now, but that's <laughs> pretty fun that uh, somebody was got to be the first one. Oh, to think that a college would actually offer that, you know, that here's a class on the Beatles, you know, and, like, who would be teaching it, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, that is that's really... a wonderful neat. magazine. It is. It is real nice. And then uh, I told you I was going to tell you about the Beatles rock band. There's uh, a little section here about the Beatles rock band. So... It was a real fun video game, the Beatles Rock Band. So to give Granny a little premise, um, I think, I don't know if you remember Granny, but because Randy and I, we used to play our our video games for you back in the day. Right. And one of the games we had, it was called Rock Band, and there were like pretend instruments. And uh, I see you nodding, so I think (laughs) Granny does recall. There was a guitar drum set and also microphone to sing and um randy usually would play drums or guitar and then i would always sing that's what i was best at and uh so we we played the first rock band it had good hits on there like wanted dead or alive by bon jovi um what was the one that randy really liked uh i think he liked paranoid by black sabbath and then um couple of, there is a Metallica song and Justice for All. A lot of the more hardcore songs were for Randy and uh, I do remember playing the J- Jimmy Buffett songs on Rock Band. But, uh, but anyways a couple of years later they decided to make the Beatles Rock Band with, with all Beatles songs and that was my Christmas gift in uh, Christmas 2009 when I was 13. Uh, we played it on the Xbox 360 okay. and Mom and Dad, um, I also, they got me one of the instruments, because they made custom instruments for the Beatles Rock Band, uh, and I'll, I'll let Josh guess, so the, you, they made, it was John Lennon's um, white and black guitar, similar to the one that Josh has in his basement, uh, George Harrison's, um, I, I think, a Stratocaster, and Paul McCartney's Rickenbacker bass. Yeah. So, Josh, uh, which one do you think I asked my parents for? Well, I would say probably the Rickenbacker bass because it's the most unique uh, to them. That's correct. I did ask my parents for the Rickenbacker bass, and they did get it for me. Oh, and I'll show you. I do, yes. (laughs) 
Granny, this so just so you know, this is uh, the bass guitar that I'm talking about. Oh yeah, that, uh, uh -huh. Paul is holding, and you guys uh -huh. will notice that Paul McCartney is left-handed. Yes, so I did not play the bass left-handed though, <laughs> so I'm a cheater. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing to do to try to play something left-handed when you're a right-handed person. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's hard to learn. So anyways, we had a whole lot of fun. I even remember on Christmas Day, the four of us mom dad randy and myself we all were playing together we would take turns on each instrument i remember my mom <laughs> saying uh, uh lucy in the sky with diamonds and yellow submarine i sang drive my car uh i can't remember what dad sang i know his favorite Beatles song is here comes the sun so he might have sang that uh mom convinced randy to sing a song because randy's not much of a singer but just just for gags randy sang a song and I I want to say he would have gone for whatever the easiest song was. So um, probably something like uh, one of the earlier songs. Um, maybe uh, I Want to Be Your Man. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it was pretty funny. Nice. That's fun. <laughs> Thank you. I, uh, I never got into the rock band stuff. Um, mm -hmm. I was a little bit older that at that time. time. And then also... Being that I kind of played music, um, right. yeah, my guitar and stuff like that, I always had that uh, <laughs> smug, like, uh, this is I'm better than this. You know, right. like. This is unrealistic <laughs> gameplay. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, yeah, certainly. And, like, the thing I always didn't like about Rock Band is, like, they would replace a violin with a bass or, you know, like, sure. they replace a keyboard with a bass or, you know, some, like, like that, like, improper representation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You, so, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Oh, no so, I was, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna ask you. Look like you need to go soon. <laughs> oh, uh, we. I've got a. I've got a timer on. Okay, we're we're, right. we're good. We got another sure. uh, uh, seventeen minutes or okay. so. But uh, <laughs> I was gonna say you got a, a big thick rock book down there as well. This is the Encyclopedia of Rock. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite books of all time. I've had this. It was a gift for Valentine's Day that Mom got me. Uh, and she, this was when I was ten and a half. I was in fourth grade. Okay. And I have learned so much from this book, and even corrected some. There's a lot of typos in here. Um, they and, you, and you personally did the correcting of the typos in the book? <laughs> no, I, I meant like that. Like I would read it and say that doesn't sound right, so I'd go Google it and then think. And like I don't know if I actually did it or not, but I I wanted to like cross it out. Ah like, yes, put some notes in there. <laughs> That's correct. Okay, here we go. So they say that uh, Bill Wyman departed the Rolling Stones. Well, actually, and they said 1991. No, I think. Bill Mylan, he was fired from the Rolling Stones in 1993. So that's ah. two corrections right there. And then another one, like for Bon Jovi, I think bon, for in the Bon Jovi section, they said that there was like an age or something there that I, I Googled and I found out that it was, because it sounded kind of unrealistic. I think it was Richie Sambora, the guitarist. Yep, they said that Rich, guitarist Richie Sambora was born in 1969. No, because I knew he was older than... It said John Bon Jovi was born in 1962, and I figured... I think Richie Sambora is older than John Bon Jovi. Google it. He's born in 1957, so they were 12 years yeah, old. That's a, yeah, that's quite a disparaging difference there. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, 
So they do a pretty. They obviously they have a, a section here on the Beatles, and they do they do justice. I don't think I made any typos there, <laughs> and uh, I think the photo representations are pretty good. Uh, yep. And then uh, that's one of the oh boy, uh, a little crash over there. <laughs> hmm. hmm. I don't know. I don't see anybody. <laughs> I don't know, but a dog doesn't like it. <laughs> hmm. Well, it doesn't sound like it was a car. It just sounds like something fell yeah. and broke. Yeah, it sounded like something with glass. Something yeah. with glass. Hmm. So we have a color photograph. This is one of my favorite photos of the Beatles. I like it because they're all kind of doing their own thing. It looks like Paul is singing away. Ringo is heavily drumming. And then it looks like John is trying to have a conversation during the song with George. So. <laughs> well, they, were, they were always trying to get each other's attention while playing. That was always fun. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yeah, that they all were trying to get each other, all competing with each other. Oh, yeah. And then this is a good photo, too. I've never figured out what the event was for this, but it's a little more casual. And obviously, this is from the later years of the Beatles. Yeah, So you definitely. can tell longer hair and uh, the facial hair. Yeah, somewhere in between, um, probably in between uh, Sergeant Pepper. Sergeant Peppers and uh, Let It Be recordings. I think so. Yeah. Uh, or actually, no, uh, Magical Mystery Tour, maybe. Magical. Yeah, yeah that's kind of why Magical Mystery Tour. It almost would think, like, when they recorded All You Need Is Love, they had that big event, so it, that might have been around the time. Well, John were... had a lot longer hair at that time, oh, though, yeah. too. And now you can, all you need is love, if I'm remembering it correctly. Yeah, I, I think you're Because there's a couple of videos from that time frame where um, they kind of blend together to me, but... That's true. It's Good amazing, thing. like, the Beatles are so ubiquitous to the point to where they have clearly they have a master's degree program in colleges for it <laughs> but you know um the beatles didn't last that long yeah they were not really a band for that long of a period of time uh but if, so culturally significant if you count the time ringo joined they were the four of them uh were together for seven years yep. so 1962 to john left the band first uh in 1969 and then the three other members, I think they kind of stuck around for a little while to finish the Let It Be album, and then they officially broke up in 1970. So, yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting just how you know you don't really, you can't really conceive of a world without the Beatles, which is you know the premise of that one uh, movie that came out the yesterday, last year, yesterday. Yeah, which <laughs> um, I conceptually, I'm it's kind of fun, but. Um, it is what it is. It's it's just one of those really Hollywood movies to sell a lot more music. But well, yeah. you haven't watched it yet, have you? I've watched <laughs> enough of it. Okay. I, 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 I yeah. I I I have, as you know, we've talked about before. I have a hard time with with biopic stuff, but I really have a hard time with uh, reimagining uh, uh, history, uh, particularly when it comes to like things that are equate to like time travel or like you know the erasing of certain things out of out, you know out of history and then pretending like okay well what happens otherwise and um mm -hmm. yeah it, it it wasn't gonna be for me i was gonna i, I could pretty much guarantee i was i'm because uh, terry had watched it as well but i and i watched a good chunk of it but i, 
I was going to end up walking out of it more mad than anything, and I would end up just ruining it for other people, so <laughs> not worth it. And you know, Josh, I think that you explained that perfectly. I did watch yesterday, and I'm one of those people who know Glass Half Full, except for this one. Um, you know, I will find one minor thing in the movie, and it will ruin my whole time, especially near the end. Um, mm -hmm. And in this case, there were two things. First, uh, I don't like it in movies that are all British cast because I can't understand their accents very well. Sure. And I watch in the movie, and I think to myself, I can't understand what they're saying. How can they understand each other? You know, mm -hmm. they're, they're both speaking British accents. They You think, how can they understand each other? I can't figure, you know, stupid stuff like that. And then the second thing I think to myself uh, yesterday was the John Lennon scene. I didn't think it was well executed. And um, the actor who they chose as John Lennon, I can't think of his name right now. He was the one who was in the full Monty and the uh, train spotting. Okay. Um, a popular British actor, and that's I'm sure that's the only reason he, they chose him because he looked like John Lennon. They did a good makeup job, good hair and stuff, and the glasses were realistic. But his voice sounded nothing like John Lennon's speaking voice. He was uh, too high pitched and not deep nasally enough. Um, he, uh, and like the stories he used to, oh, me and my wife, it, like, well, John Lennon has two wives, you know, <laughs> Cynthia was his first wife, Yoko was his second wife. Who the heck wife are you talking about? You know, they didn't do their research. So, uh, anyways, that was my feeling on yesterday. <laughs> well, mine, I can pretty much sum up in a nutshell, which is, if you take the song yesterday, which was a unbelievably groundbreaking and important song and performance like that that first performance of, of Paul McCartney going out on, on TV and playing it by himself uh, with an acoustic guitar um, this the importance of that song could not possibly be captured by somebody who quote-unquote wrote it in the modern day <laughs> like if you wrote it in 2018 and and it never had existed the beatles never existed all these things whatever uh -huh. and you just went up to your friends and you start playing acoustic guitar and you start singing yesterday's you, your friends would look at you and go yeah that's a cool song and that'd be the end of it like they, there's no like phenomenon. that would not be a phenomenon what was a phenomenon was the fact that these these young punks as the older generation saw them mm -hmm. Uh, had been on TV and had gotten their daughters all whipped up into a frenzy so they're all a little bit not happy about these guys coming to town mm -hmm. and so one of the young punks grabs himself an acoustic guitar and says alright I'll play music that you older people who are scared of us I'll play a song that would probably reach out to you <laughs> and one he comes out there plays nice and quietly with very clear, concise words, not screaming, not doing the little Richard Woo in the middle of the song, which all scared the older generation. Right. And as a 20-something-year-old kid, he, saw, he sang a song about nostalgia, mm -hmm. about how the world used to be, when all the parents at that time were scared about the fact that the world was changing so rapidly in the 60s. 
we had assassinations, we had Civil we we had a Vietnam War was going uh, was starting to really ramp up. We had all this weird civil discourse, right, and here right. comes a young punk that the old generation wants to shake their fist at. Get off my lawn, you young punk! And he comes out there with an acoustic guitar and calmly sings to them about their nostalgia and about their fears of what's changing in this world. And it allowed a unity moment where, where you know, for those who are willing to open their minds for a second, for them to go, oh, these kids are actual musicians. Oh, they actually have a point of view. And you know what? Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world if my daughter listens to them. Right. You know, like, oh, I, I, the world's not going to end. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse are not coming through the sky just because of these kids. Or they aren't the Four Horsemen, as a lot of people <laughs> thought they were. So taking all those culturally significant pieces out of the puzzle, mm -hmm. just simply writing that song as a guy and singing it to friends who are the same age as you at a table or whatever is not going to blow people's minds it's not going to reinvent the world. Mm -hmm. It just isn't. Because it, it's, it's time and place. Things have to have, you know, things have to have a certain moment. All You Need Is Love is a terrible, uh, terrible song. Unless you think of it in the context of it happening in the late 60s. Right. During the middle of the wars. And it's the Beatles singing it. And it becomes this big sing-along <laughs> at the end of, you know, like, if, if you don't have those factors, it's just, you know... All, uh, you know, it's just it's, a very simple rhyming sc scheme with a right. very simple chord progression, all in major chords, and it's <laughs> it's meh at best. But in that context, like you said, it, it seems a lot more special. Well, Helter Skelter is not a good song, but it, it's a great song in context of what the Beatles were doing with the "All You Need Is Love" type of songs and all the other stuff. Like like the, the fact that they came in there with this really gritty uh, song that I, I think Paul McCartney wrote it because. He had heard the Who was the loudest band ever, and he decided that he didn't want them to have a moniker above him, so he like wrote this even darker and, and heavier song and turned all the amps up as loud as he could. And I mean, at the end of it, after they've played it a couple of times, you can hear Ringo screaming, uh, I got blisters on my bloody fingers uh, because he was hitting his drums so hard. You know, right. like that was the whole point of playing that song was to uh, kind of say hi to the Who, you know, and. Uh, so without that context, Helter Skelter is really not that much of a song. You know, whatever, like all those things. So I, that's the kind of stuff that if I saw that in the movie, I just can't help it. I just become a hater and I don't want to be that way. So because uh, it just it ultimately alienates me from other people. And I, well, you, know. you explain that very well, Josh. And I think that's nice that you don't want to alienate yourself from other people. And by the way, I, I you are right. It says that Helter Skelter was written uh, in, inspira inspired by The Who. Yep. And especially by The Who's song, I Can See for Miles. Yes. <laughs> and can I ask you a trivia question? Fire. All right. So do you know which band back in the USSR was inspired by? I'm going to assume it's the Beach Boys. So you are right, and um. there is a photo in here of the Beach Boys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good photo of them, actually. That's right. Dennis Wilson, Al Jardine, the one I was telling you about who sang Help Me, Rhonda, Carl Wilson, Mike Love, and Bruce Johnson, who uh, Bruce Johnson usually filled in for Brian Wilson. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's um, there's a lot of fun stories of the back and forth between the Beatles and the Beach Boys as well, <laughs> like with uh, Sergeant Peppers and Pet Sounds and right. uh, Rubber. What? Uh, no, Revolt. Was it Revolver or Rubber Soul? I think I it was think, Rubber Soul. Well, I think Rubber Soul inspired Pet Sounds. Yeah, and then, and then Pet, Pet Sounds, Sounds was being recorded Sergeant during the time that uh, Revolver came out. And right. then uh, Pet Sounds inspired them to do Sergeant Peppers. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds correct. <laughs> um, and then that drove Brian Wilson mad, and he never could finish uh, Smile because of wanting to outstage that, and, and because of all the other issues with him and the record company at that time. And, but, and the band, to the other Beach Boys, they listened to what, what you, like you were saying, he, they saw what Brian was going to do with uh, Smile. And they thought it didn't really seem like their type of material or right. you know, what the Beach Boys were about. So, but yeah, I, um, actually, I didn't know that the Beatles, they, they were the ones who uh, kind of, like you're saying, that he was, the smile was supposed to be competing against the Beatles. So that's really interesting. Well, it's one of the, the going, like, theories and factors right. with, with Brian was that he, uh, at, during that time, as he kind of, as people say, descended into madness a right. little bit. Uh, that was one of the things is like he really was so proud of of pet sounds and he was unbelievably proud to hear that the that Paul McCartney was inspired by by that album so then when Sgt. Peppers came out and he was in the middle of already doing this big production he heard that and he's like oh I have to stop my game up but it ended up being you know all for naught ultimately that that whole recording session time and everything is just so mired with uh, just you know, just horrible uh, treating of human beings back and forth in the in the Beach Boys story, at least you know the the way the record company dealt with it and um, the way that they kind of pitted the different members of the band against each other to to create more problems so that they wouldn't have to record or release that album and yeah, just that's a rough one. But uh, oh, I, very very interesting studying. Uh, if you ever go back oh, yeah. and read about it, it's, it's I I can tell you really have done your research. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, no. Thank you for bringing up the the Beatles stuff. That was fun, and I um, I think like I said, I Abbey Road is Mount Rushmore album to me. One of the most important things I've ever heard in my life. Um, I I just love that album. I can't. I cannot listen to it, uh, song separated. I oh. have to listen to it as a full piece of work. Uh, <laughs> it's just weird, but like I can't do it. Well, and that's not weird. Actually, that was my next question. If you wanted me to play a song for you from Abbey Road, but uh, well, we're we're getting close on time, yeah, so we'll, maybe uh, next, next time. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe we'll we'll do that next time. I did um, want to bring this, to Granny. I brought this for you to. Add to your reading materials. Oh, thank the you. The Good News Book. That was the one that you used to give me every year for my birthday. Really? Yeah, and I, I found a copy of it in my um, my photo album the other day when I was going well, I through. I don't even remember a thing. Uh, every <laughs> single shoebox I ever got from you had a copy of that, a candy bar, and usually a G.I. Joe. But that that little, the good word, was always in there. So I thought I would, I'd share that back with oh, you. Oh, that is so exciting. Let you put that in your reading material so you can just flip right. through that every couple of days and just uh, see what you see. I'll but, start with Liz, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that, that would always teach you of, of the importance of uh, all the tenets of Christianity by showing a multicolored baseball glove. Right. And that was why you always thought of me, was that because I loved baseball and, right. and you and I uh, learned how to play baseball together. So um, We did a good job on that one. Didn't we? we did. I, I, pl I played good baseball for a while till I uh, uh, hurt my arm, and you know. But you didn't have anything to do with that. You, right. you taught me how to play. <laughs> so, 
Um, so, Mr. Chris, uh, just uh, quick hitters, but uh, I saw you and uh, Brooke got to spend some time together. That's that went perfect. good. Yeah, uh, we got to watch Hamilton together because, you know, Brooke is a huge fan of Hamilton. She saw Hamilton twice in Chicago, and now they just released um, the movie on Disney+. Plus. I don't think you'd really call it a Hamilton movie. It's actually, they just filmed a performance of Hamilton from four years ago. Okay. And, um in New York City but anyways uh, I can't remember the name of the theater it was at but um so but anyways we it was Brooke me and Randy we all watched it at Randy's house in Granny's old living room and uh, we had pizza too while we watched it <laughs> yeah it was, it was very special it sounds like an exciting deal that sounds great well the <laughs> most funny fun part Randy's become a fan of Hamilton because he's listened to the soundtrack online and so he really said he enjoyed watching and Brooke, you know, had remembered a lot from uh, seeing Hamilton live. Uh, and so she uh, brought back a lot of happy memories for her. And uh, so, yeah, it was a fun experience. Wonderful. And uh, what was her assessment as to how good it was compared to seeing it live? That's a good question. I think she said it. Well, actually, I know, uh, I think she thought it was just as good as seeing it live uh because she said uh this is going to be my go-to movie now i'm going to watch this a hundred times at home because she, she has disney plus and uh what do you know i think that that was saturday july 4th that we watched hamilton and then on monday i texted brooke and i said what are you up to she said oh i'm watching the hamilton movie with my mom <laughs> so it's only two days later and already she so yeah she i think she loves it the the performance just as much as seeing it live in person wonderful i, I think that was lovely she's watching it with her mother exactly yes it's so bringing beautiful. the family together oh yeah and her uh, jill is brooke's mom jill is they that's something they share is they they love a lot of the same movies and uh I know Jill, she'll watch a lot of Disney movies with Brooke, so uh, yeah, it is very special. That's wonderful. And so, um, uh, my last question for the day before we do a little prayer here then is, uh, so t typically right now during all uh, the COVID time and everything, what's uh, your guys' usual protocol as far as you and Brooke getting together? Do you guys get together like once a week every little while or every little while actually i think we went an entire month and a half without seeing Oof. each other and it was from the time that uh so from march until may i think or you know what i should clarify we i would come like drop stuff off at her house and stuff and she would come out and see me and we we did have no protocol. We still hugged and kissed and uh, <laughs> no mask. Well, I would keep. I would have my mask on. She would say, "Get that thing off. I can't kiss you." And uh, <laughs> um, so we still are. Uh, we still see each other. But as far as actually hanging out, I think. Yeah, I think a month and a half because so it was right near the end of March was the last time we went out to eat and stuff before the stay at home order ended started, and then. Once things got a little better in mid-May, Brooke came over to Randy's house and she cooked us a meal. Uh, Brooke, she brought over, it was a pressure cooker, and it was so nice. She, Brooke made us chicken. Uh, it was um, roasted chicken with um, red skin potatoes and steamed broccoli. Uh, no, I'm sorry, uh, green beans. And it was so nice seeing 
Brooke follow in Granny's footsteps and cooking <laughs> in, uh, in Granny's kitchen. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Isn't that wonderful that Brooke it, was it cooking really in your is. old kitchen? It really is. And then uh, in June, Brooke and I, I think it was really our, it was once the stay at home order ended, it was kind of our, our first big outing. Um, we went to the Toledo Mall, uh, the Franklin Park Mall in Toledo, Ohio, and we uh, went to Sabaro's for lunch and uh, went to a couple of stores. And it was so funny, they do not require people to wear masks down there now, and uh, so hardly anybody in the mall was wearing a mask. And um, But yet they were still social distancing, like... They, for certain stores, they would only let in like five people at a time. I know Brooke had to wait a couple minutes before she could go into the Skechers store. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds sketchy to me. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Uh, Granny, mm -hmm. um, your sweet friends, uh, so a couple of the cousins, uh, Miss uh, Beth uh, and her family, and then also... Uh, Jenny and her family. Jen well, Jenny, you want me to tell you that uh, uh, Sherry says hello. Oh, I'm and so glad to, to hear from that. Yeah, and she also wanted me to let you know that she still cannot make as good of mashed potatoes as you did. She's still <laughs> trying her hardest, and she just cannot uh, get there. Uh, Beth, Beth told me that uh, she still is trying to make your cookies as good as you did, but she can't make those either. So, um, but I just want you to know that people are still uh, clamoring for your recipes oh. and your knowledge and your ability to cook those things. I so. haven't seen Jenny in such a long time, have I? No, no. I mean, she's over in Hawaii, so you know. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't her, know that. You know, her, the kids, and uh, and Aunt Sherry. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's just visiting, you know. No, no, no they're, they're living out there, there, you know. That with you know, Aunt Sherry's been uh, in that area with them for a while, oh. and yeah, they're doing pretty good though. They're they're happy. They um, they uh, they seem to be doing well. That's really interesting. Yeah. So. And I'm happy for her. Yeah. So yeah, all kinds of good stuff going on, and uh, your uh, your other grandchild Susan's got her kids on a trip around the country right now, uh, <laughs> going and seeing. Uh, I think they just went to see the Corn Palace the other wow. day. So I saw they were in Arizona, and they saw the Devil's Tower in Arizona. <laughs> Uh-oh. They better not uh, get too close. You know, the devil might bring them in. <laughs> Let's have ourselves a little prayer, okay. and then I've got to get back to work. Oh, boy, oh, boy. You're going back to work? Oh, yeah. I was already there this morning. Oh. So. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together today for a great Beatles discussion. And thank you for Josh and all he has shared with Granny and I. And let Josh have a wonderful day at work and keep Granny safe and healthy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, You're both welcome. of you. Three, two, two one, glory! <laughs> Granny, I'm going to put some hand sanitizer on your okay. hands. Okay. I'll Thank take you. a little squirt of that, my friend. Yes, Thank sir. you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome.